Hello and welcome to the Big Picture Show podcast. I'm Alex Haina and I am joined, as I always am, by the amazing co-host, Deshaun Corbin. Amazing. I love that. Amazing. So this episode is, we're going to try something a little different. The whole reason, I think I kind of talked about this in the first podcast that we did, um, a whole whopping four episodes ago. But the whole reason that Deshaun and I started a podcast is because he and I used to work together and we would just not get anything done because we would spend the whole time talking about movies and people would walk up and, you know, listen to us talking and tell us that we had to, that we should start a podcast. So three years later or something like that, we finally started a podcast. So we're going to try instead of doing, you know, sticking to a, um, a topic, a specific topic, like we've been doing for the, uh, for the past four episodes, we're just going to try to do what we're going to call open conversation. So we'll see how this works. Hopefully this is a little more fun, a little more laid back than the previous episodes, just because it gives us more freedom to just do what we enjoy doing. There's not really going to be a format to it, but we're so it, it may be all over the place. We're still trying to figure this out. All right, Deshaun, do you have anything specific that you wanted to talk about off the bat? Like, did you, was there anything on your mind that you wanted to talk about? Uh, nothing too pressing, no. All right, well, then um, I have something that I wanted to talk about, which is the Eternals trailer. We haven't really talked about that yet. Uh, what did you think of it? For a teaser trailer, I thought it was really good. It didn't give away really anything other than that they are some beings that have been monitoring and seeing what's going on, but they have not intervened, and now they will. So, Which is extremely intriguing to me because they didn't think it was necessary to interfere when Thanos was going to wipe out half the universe. Right. But now, now is when they're going to interfere. From what I understand, the Celestials are going to be in the movie. I don't really know anything about the Celestials, but I'm guessing they're a bigger threat than Thanos. Just their name sounds like a threat, but I don't know. Do you know anything about the Celestials? I'm so I'm guessing Thanos doing what he did probably upset them, which might make them want to be like, okay, so we're going to just get rid of everything now or something like that to make the Eternals be like, okay, now we have to do something. You know what I mean? So you're saying... Thanos snapping is what caused them to interfere? Is that what you mean? Yeah, I could see that being a reason why now they're feeling like not the Eternals, the Celestials feeling oh, like oh, they, oh. they should just like get rid of everything and restart or something like that, you know? Okay. And that being a reason the Eternals are like, oh, well, now we have to do something. Thanos getting rid of half the population, that's fine, but you know, getting rid of all the population. Well, the Eternals are saying that they like they show up on Earth in like 10,000 BC or something like that from yeah. the looks of the trailer. Mm -hmm. And then they stay on Earth for or do they do they leave? Do they come back intermittently? Well, some are on Earth and some aren't. So like some like are living with Earthlings through all this time. I know some of them are given us like our technology and had just passed it off as inventors inventing things, you know? That sounds like interfering to me. That's, that's what I'm saying. So I don't understand. <laughs> so I, you know what? I think they honestly have all interfered, and like there's going to be a scene where they're like, "Oh, I've never done anything," and then it's like, "Well, you did this," you know. It's going to be that kind of thing because yeah, 
all the Eternals have interfered in some way or another. Like they're living on Earth, you are interfering in some way. And it says we've guided them, and it like shows. Yeah. It shows them like saving people. Exactly. And and like if you're not interfering, then you're not saving people. That's exactly interfering not with creating new things for us to use. You know? Right. It's an interesting concept, and I'm definitely excited for the movie. But I don't know the trailer. Trailer didn't really get me more excited than I already was. I don't know. Like as a trailer, did the did it sell the movie for you? Did it make you think, hell yeah, I want to see this movie? Or what? Oh, hell yeah, I want to see this movie. But I'll say the visuals were beautiful. I know that. If anything would sell me on one wanting to see a movie, it would be the visuals. Cause I didn't get I didn't get anything from the uh the characters. Right. Nothing about their character, which is a teaser, so I'm not expecting too much. Right. And I'm not I'm not saying that it should have told us the whole story. Like that's what the first full trailer is gonna do is maybe show us the celestials and yeah. give us a better Try idea. Show us something, yeah. Right. But as someone who's already really excited for the movie, the trailer was just kind of yeah, all right. Well this is what this is this is Eternals. This is yeah. it's still happening. Right. But yeah, it does look really good. It's it looks beautifully shot. The one thing I didn't like was that little tag at the end. <laughs> well, you know they're going to do that. Though. Well, yeah, they had Marvel. to do it. They had to do it to make the people that don't don't follow the Marvel production schedule like we do, so that they know it's part of the MCU. I get it. But right. um, did you watch Game of Thrones? Uh, watched the last like five episodes, and I was very disappointed. That's weird. <laughs> Why would you watch well, the last five episodes? All right, because I was told how good it was and everything like that, and everyone I was around was watching it at that time. So, like, all right, fine, I'll sit down and watch with you guys. Watch the last five episodes. I didn't like it. I've been told that everything else before that was great, just the ending was bad. But you know, yeah, I wouldn't say everything. It's not like a perfect show, but yeah, it definitely uh, went out with a fizzle and not a bang. But uh, Richard Madden, the one. At the end of the trailer that says, like, they're they're saying, oh, if, with Captain Rogers and Iron Man dead, who's going to lead the Avengers? The one that says, I could do it. He plays a character named Rob Stark in Game of Thrones. Okay, I've heard of so him. The, the, the uh, obvious joke there is that one Stark dies, another Stark picks up the mantle. Oh, pretty good. Um, but uh, you never watched Game of Thrones, so the joke doesn't land. It, it was um, interesting to me that they said... Uh, um, Captain Rogers, but that's what he is. Like he's Captain. Ro- he's not Captain America anymore. I was like, I know. I, I don't. Like, I'm still not. I still haven't accepted Sam as Captain America. Yeah. I really he liked did. the show for what it was, but I thought the last episode ruined the entire thing for me. Oh yeah, you, yeah. you mentioned that. Yeah. Oh yeah, I could go. I could go off on that. But yeah, it like I liked where they were going with it. I really liked what they were doing with Bucky. I liked what they were doing with Sam. I liked. I really like John Walker. I thought he God, was, love he was John the best character in the show. Hands down. But then the second to last episode. By the way, if you haven't watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier, spoilers abound. the The fourth episode is when John Walker kills the guy in front of everybody, and then the fifth episode opens up with that fight, like that showdown between Sam, Bucky, and Walker. Right. And then after that fight. From then on, I just really the show just kind of took a dive for me. Like it, it just didn't hold up on the like it didn't it didn't deliver the promise that it made. In my opinion, it it rushed things and it Sam didn't really 
earned the Captain America title. Like they they kind of just relied on John Walker to be so scummy and awful that they were just like, well, the audience will want Sam to be Captain America now because look how <laughs> crappy this guy is. Yeah. But it was just kind of like a sudden like I don't want to be I don't want to be Captain America. I don't want I can't hold that responsibility. The shield means too much. I I can't do it. To John Walker kills a guy next episode. All right, I guess I have to do it. I don't know. It just should have just been like nine episodes. Yeah, it should have been. It, it needed at least two more episodes to breathe and give us that that lead up into him becoming Captain America. And they also needed a better costume for him because it was so <laughs> stupid looking. But yeah, anyway, Eternals. Eternals looks good. But have you seen, have you watched any other trailers lately? Because there's quite a few that have come out over the past like week. Have I? I might have like just skimmed. So did you see the trailer for The Tomorrow War? I did not. That's the new Chris Pratt movie, though. I know that. Yeah, Chris Pratt, J.K. Simmons, maybe a couple other people that I'm not remembering. Um, it looks kind of not good to me. It looks a lot of it looks like it was shot for television, and it also just the concept seems kind of concept is kind of cool on the surface. Do you know what the concept is? No. These like the military from 30 years into the future shows up in present day, and says. We're from 30 years in the future. The world is ending and we need your help. And they recruit military people and anybody that's willing to fight. And um, Chris Pratt is one of them. And then they bring them into the future to fight off the threat, which turns out is aliens. And to me, alien invasion movies are just kind of boring because they're all the same. Um, Please tell me you saw the trailer for Last Night in Soho. Yes. Okay, good. Because I really want to talk about that trailer. Yeah, I think they did a really good job of setting up like a, a mysterious, like an intrigue to it. Um, oh yeah, definitely. The way it's shot is incredible. Yeah, I love the way it's shot. It looks so. It it feels like um. It just feels like every camera movement is intentional, rather than like the camera is just following the actor. It's like everything was staged and is has a purpose. And I, I, I love, love that. that. I yeah, love I that. fully agree with that. I mean, it's Edgar Wright. I mean, if you, like any of all his movies are 100%. Everything is for a reason. Like, he doesn't even allow uh, like ad-libbing in this shit because every scene of dialogue he writes is for a specific reason. So, yeah, I agree with that 100%. Right. I feel like, like there's going to be no wasted moments in that. It, it was a, it, I think it's the best trailer of any of the trailers we've talked about so far and any of the trailers we're going to talk about because there's like five trailers that came out this week. Um, did you see the Dear Evan Hansen trailer? No. How's that? Um, it's based on a Broadway show called Dear Evan Hansen. I didn't know anything about the Broadway show before I saw the trailer. I didn't even know it was a Broadway show before I saw the trailer. But again, since you haven't seen it, I'm not going to ramble on about it. But it's about a, it's a musical about a kid who is like he's assigned this. He's given this assignment by his therapist to write himself a letter. And his, so his the main character's name is Evan Hansen, and he writes this letter to himself and prints it out and I guess carries it around with him or something. I don't know if he's starting at a new school or what, but he meets this kid who named Connor who wants to be his friend. And at one point, Connor finds the letter and like jokingly maybe runs away with it and like doesn't give it back to him. And then Connor ends up killing himself. 
this is like it's not what I was expecting when watching this trailer. Ends up killing himself, and his parents find that letter and think he wrote it to Evan Hansen, and it's like the last thing they have of their son before he died. And he's like, I have to tell them that this isn't from him. Like this, I wrote this to myself. Like it's not. And that's kind of all we're given. And then there's like little story points here and there that they kind of give away that I wish they didn't. But it looks really good. I I would I recommend watching the trailer. But you haven't seen that trailer, so have you seen? <laughs> this is the last one, last trailer. Have you seen the Gunpowder Milkshake trailer? I saw that when I saw uh, Mortal Kombat. Oh really? They didn't yeah. show. They didn't show that when I saw it. Yeah, man. That's um, Angela Bassett, Karen Gillan. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Karen Gillan. Um, like spies or some shit, right? Or like I don't I don't know what they like spies are. Spies like assassins, something like that. Yeah, it's like a <clears throat> I don't know. It's not I was gonna say it's like a female John Wick movie, but it's not really. No, it's more it's honestly they're like it's like Kill Bill, honestly. It, it seemed like to me like they're assassins. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It looks cool though. I mean, I'm not like overly excited about it, but it looks it looks cool. It looks fun, I guess. Yeah, isn't it on Netflix? It's Netflix though, isn't it? Is it? I don't. Yeah, I thought it was. Maybe I don't know. I, I didn't. Know. I think it's going to be in theaters and on Netflix though. All right. Well, speaking of uh, streaming movies, did you hear about Dune? No. What? It's not going to be on HBO Max anymore. Like at all? Well, no. It's yeah. It's not like it was part of that whole yeah HBO Same Max theaters. Yeah, it's just going to be in theaters on its release date as opposed to HBO Max and theaters, which makes me happy because I hated that whole thing. Have you heard about the whole thing with AT&T and WarnerMedia? Yeah, like so, that was the cause of like all their troubles. <laughs> yeah, but like I don't know if it was like – not. okay, so AT&T sold WarnerMedia and Discovery, Discovery bought them. Yep. Which is just crazy because AT&T bought WarnerMedia for like, I don't know, like $80 billion or something like that. Yeah, like only like four years ago or some shit. Yeah, very recently. And like did this whole thing with HBO Max and had like AT&T, I think, is the reason HBO Max is a thing. Yeah. They're, like they're the reason that is Zack Snyder's idea? Justice League yep. was released, like all of that. And now they're selling it for like half of what they bought it for. Yep. I don't really like I, I don't really know why. I know that. AT&T is in debt. Yeah. So they had to sell their biggest asset, I guess. I don't know. Big decisions like that don't get made just because of one thing. Like, oh, well, the HBO Max thing was a disaster. I guess we got to sell Warner Media. Like, I'm sure it wasn't the just sole that, yeah. cause, but it had to be a huge a huge reason. Like, Christopher Nolan decided he's never working with Warner Brothers again because of it. Um, Which we'll, we'll see if that's true. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. But I mean, um, I mean, it's Nolan, so like he really could go wherever he wants or just do it himself. But I don't think Nolan would have a problem finding another studio nah. to make whatever movie he wanted. No. Nah. Um, you know what would be cool? Oh man, maybe it wouldn't be that cool because Christopher Nolan is now like the big budget blockbuster guy. But it'd be cool if he worked with Jason Blum on something. Oh, like a low budget thing? Oh, I'll yeah. That. But that'll never happen. So let's not linger on it. Um, but well, uh, say never, man. But Nolan's not Nolan's not really a like a horror kind of guy, though. Well, Jason Blum doesn't just do horror. I know, but like if I when I see Blumhouse, I I personally me I want horror, and all his non horror movies have been pretty trash to me. Uh, you take that back right now because <laughs> Jason Blum produced Whiplash. Almost all his non horror. Excuse me. All right. 
But uh, yeah. So anyway, Denis Villeneuve was also pissed, obviously, because now uh, Dune isn't going to be on HBO Max and Denis Villeneuve directed Dune. So I don't know. It was just a big. I think James Gunn said something too. Well, was Suicide Squad one of those movies? Yeah. Really? Oh wow. That yeah, that's going to be on HBO Max. That's dumb. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember what he said, and I may, he may not have even said anything, but I'm pretty sure he did. So yeah, everybody in the whole industry was just like up in arms about this whole thing. But we already talked about that. If you want to hear us talk about that, listen to our first episode of the Big Picture Show podcast. So yeah, AT and T sold Warner Media in a crazy deal with Discovery. So now Discovery, of all companies. Is it did Discovery buy them or is it a merger? They bought them, right? Yeah. So, right, so when I first heard, I heard that they were selling them, but like all the articles I read about it said it was a merger. But I think the merger is HBO Max with Discovery. That's the actual merger. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're merging HBO Max with Discovery Plus, right? And calling it something else. I think they should call it whatever it is. They should get rid of the HBO thing, get rid of the Discovery thing, and call it like Warner Brothers something. Warner Brothers Max, WB Max, I don't know. But Warner Brothers is the prestige thing that they have. Like, that's the big, the big papa. Like, nobody cares about Discovery. And HBO is just... Discovery's pretty big, though. Like, slow, like, small, big. Nobody is gonna... I just said nobody, but small, big. Did you say small, big? Yeah, does that make sense? You know what I mean. You know what I mean. Like, all right, so, like, to the general public, Discovery is probably not like that big, but like in the industry, I'll say they are pretty big. To the middle-aged housewife, exactly that watches Chip and Joanna. Yeah, man. Yeah, no hate on Chip and Joanna. I love (laughs) Chip and Joanna. I I love Chip and Joanna. Oh my god, dude! They well, they don't have the show anymore, but they had a show on HGTV, which is owned by Discovery, called Fixer Upper. Yes, it's husband and wife, and they just Chip is. A contractor and Joanna is like an interior decorator and they work together on helping somebody buy a house and fix it up and it's the most wholesome fun light-hearted show it's amazing uh, you should watch it it's awesome um most people aren't gonna go discovery streaming service gotta get on that HBO like HBO's remember when HBO launched how disappointing of a launch it was yeah HBO Max, I mean. Yeah, yeah, I know. Because HBO has that like recognizable quality, but most people associate HBO with television, like yeah. Game of Thrones or Sopranos. Sopranos, right? The Wire, yeah. Right. So if you have Warner Brothers, like Disney Plus, you have Warner Brothers Plus or Warner Brothers Platinum or whatever the hell you call it, people are going to go, oh, Warner Brothers, that's all the Warner Brothers movies are on here? Pfft, all right, I'll sign up. And then you also advertise the fact that Warner Brothers owns a bunch of television, and it's also HBO and Discovery is on there. Like, I think Warner Brothers is what you lead with. I, I honestly just want to know if it's a merger or a selling. No, it, I, I, I think you're right. I think Discovery bought Warner Media from AT&T. And now, so Discovery is now the parent company of, of Warner, Warner Media. Media. Yeah. Okay. Now Discovery owns HBO Max and Warner Brothers, New Line Cinema, and all that stuff. Discovery is going to make a new streaming service combining Discovery Plus and HBO Max. What I think they're also doing is combining, I think, I don't know for sure, but I think what they're doing is combining Discovery 
and Warner Media as a company, rather than it being like it would be like if when Disney bought Lucasfilm, they combined Disney and Lucasfilm into one studio, rather than it being the Lucasfilm branch of Disney. So it's not going to be the Warner Media branch of Discovery. It's going to be Warner Media and Discovery are now combined and called something else. Right. I think that's what they're doing. Jeez, man. But also talking about big conglomerates buying studios. Uh oh. You know what I'm going to say. Amazon, MGM's library going to Amazon is very big. Yeah, it's big. It doesn't have the sex appeal of like uh, Disney buying Fox, or right. Discovery buying. It's not sexy, Disney. but right. It's definitely like a good business move. Yeah, for sure. MGM was like floundering for years. Anyway. Yeah. yeah, so like we're trying to sell for years. So. Right. So somebody was going to buy, regardless. Like nobody was going to let MGM just die like fizzle out into nothing but also i think they bought them for like something what like eight billion yeah 8.45 which is a shit ton of money but obviously yeah but but amazon Amazon, it's like it's pocket change yeah jeff bezos could have bought mgm for himself yeah personally he could be like it's mine and nobody can have it but also if you compare that to the 90 billion that Disney bought Fox for, or even like the 40 whatever billion that Discovery bought Warner Media for. It just seems like a yeah, Amazon bought MGM for a couple bucks. Like yeah. That happened. Not a, not a huge deal. But it is. It's a really big move for Amazon because huge library. Now, yeah, now they're like Amazon Prime is doing just fine. Regardless like forget about the streaming service. Yeah. Amazon Prime is almost everybody I know has an Amazon Prime account. Now they have the look at our streaming service part too. Like they had the boys, Mm -hmm. they had Invincible, Mm -hmm. they have a couple of good movies like Honey Boy and what was the one? Manchester by the Sea. Right. Yes. But now it's like they're going to have all the Bond movies. They're going to have, they have the rights to the original Wizard of Oz. Now Amazon can remake the Wizard of Oz if they wanted to, which is just crazy to me. Or make a Wizard of Oz series. Imagine that. Oh man, that would be. Just, I I don't know what you would do though. Like just like living out in the in Oz. Like is that what you want to see? Well, I was gonna say I like the idea of it. Well, here's the thing. As far as I know, yes. Wizard of Oz is public domain. Like the original book. Yeah, anyone can so make. Anybody can make. can make something Wizard of Oz. Yeah, but MGM is the only one that could do anything with the original movie. The yes. original movie. Like the a lot of there's a lot of concepts in the original movie that aren't in the book. So like in the book, Dorothy actually goes to Oz. It's not a dream. She also has silver slippers instead of ruby slippers. So like anybody that was that wanted to make a Wizard of Oz movie or whatever couldn't give Dorothy ruby slippers, even though that's like the iconic image of Wizard of Oz. So, so you're saying they could make a Wizard of Oz show? Serious, yeah. Right. I'm, not, I'm not saying they should. I'm saying I could see them wanting to do that. Yeah. So what I could see it being about is the characters of Oz. It could be. It could take place in Oz. However, Oz doesn't exist in the MGM version of Wizard of Oz. It's right. all in Dorothy's head. So it wouldn't really work. It would I mean, be kind of pointless. You could make it work. You could make anything work, honestly. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, I I don't I wouldn't want to see like a sequel series to the original Wizard of Oz. Everything took place in Dorothy's head. So 
if we're going back, or so now we're back in Dorothy's dreamland. Yeah. I don't really understand. Are we retconning that? Are we saying right. you know, she actually did? To be fair, though, in the movie, um, I don't know how. <laughs> I know we're like now debating Wizard of Oz, but um, I always like personally me. I always felt it was ambiguous, like that. Maybe she it did really happen. I know, like they show that it was a dream, stuff like that. But I always thought personally that maybe the slightest chance it did happen. You know, I mean, they don't really give you a lot of like reasons to believe that it really happened. I mean, the fact that she points to everybody and goes, "You were there," and and you were there, and yeah, you that, were there. That's what like does it. But like, you know. like it, it would have been some, one thing if like, oh, it just ends right there. Like she's in the bed and everybody's like, "Oh, Dorothy, you're awake," and she's like, "Oh, I had a dream," and you were there, and you were there. It would have been one thing if like Ray Bolger's character said something just like kind of coy, like, "Oh, something about a scarecrow." I don't know what he could have said. <laughs> Like something just that left it ambiguous. Like, oh wait, hold on, did he just say that? So does that mean he right. knows about it? But they kind of made it clear that it didn't yeah. actually happen. You know what they should have did? Hmm. Now we're rewriting the Wizard of Oz, but they should have gave Toto like a some special collar thing, and then he turns out he still has it on. And she wakes up. Pull a pull a uh, a Santa Claus where he wakes up with the pajamas on. Yeah, man, that would have been. I would yeah. love that. That would have been. That would have worked. Pull a, a thriller and she wakes up and it's like the the fortune teller guy is like, oh, it's okay. And like they walk away and he turns around and he's actually, he has the <laughs> face of the wizard or something. I don't know. And it's like, <laughs> I mean, you will start the shit. You'll start the series. Like <laughs> yes. Yeah, there you go. Start the series off like that. You yeah. get a, a CGI'd, um, you know, that commercial with Audrey Hepburn yeah. on the bus and it looks yeah. just like her. You do that, but with Judy Garland. Yeah. You have her, you get a CGI Frank Morgan, and she's outside and, I don't know, helping with the pigs or whatever she does. And Frank Morgan comes up and says, hey, little girl, you, you want a piece of candy? I don't know. You could do something. You could. You could do something in a series, open up the series that does kind of retcon it to be like, oh, oh so she did actually go. Right. I'm not lying. I would definitely watch it. I'm not saying it would be good. I'm just saying I would watch it. I think it would piss a lot of people off. I mean, bro. a lot of purists like me. Loves <laughs> the Wizard of Oz. Hey, yo, I'm a big purist of like Bond and shit, but like, if actually no, I was about to say if they made a Bond series, I wouldn't care, but I lied. They better not ever do that. There's no way they will ever do a Bond series. Now, what if they did no. something like... No, hold on. Hold on. What if they did something like a... Okay, I have two two suggestions here. We're going to say another double O because it's going to be a no. I have one suggestion. For you. <laughs> okay. What if they made... I don't want to call it a prequel, but like, what if they showed him like in his British... His, like the Royal Navy days? Oh, you're kidding me. You're, you're joking. Why? Yeah. Why do you... Like, this, that's... To me, that's the same as like, no. I don't. I'm not saying they should, but I'm saying. What if they did though? I if know, they did, how would you feel about it? I think it would be a waste of time. You don't need to see everyone before they become who they are. Like I don't need to see Bond before he becomes Bond. I also said, why do I want to see the Joker before he becomes the Joker? And Joker turned out really good. Joker's just a weird case. It is. It is. It's, but it worked uh, out. It worked out really well. So I, you like, I would never say. Oh, there's no way it will ever be good because it could be. How do I know? Like, but I just feel like it would lessen the property of Bond. Like when I when I think of Bond, I think like grandiose film history. I don't want to think of a show I could turn on. You know what I mean? Um, talking about Daniel Craig. 
Not really, though. But the Knives Out cast? Beautiful. It's so different from the original cast. Like It is. And that you had, like, you had, I don't, don't want to say legends, but they are, like, known legends, I would say. But is that, like, a push saying they're legends? Jamie Lee Curtis? I think. Oh, you mean in the first one? Yeah, yeah. Okay, there's, there's plenty of legends in the yeah. first one. And uh, Don Johnson, like, those are, like, well-known actors, which... I, th- I would say these new ones are, but it's like a younger batch. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, yes, they're definitely not as I see what you're saying when you yeah. mean legendary. You mean like from like the 60s and 70s and yeah, like, like yeah, they were once legendary characters. I'll say that Christopher effing Plummer. I mean, come or, on. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. But the new, I think the most recent person they added, which is somebody I did not expect, which is Kate Hudson. Yo. So interesting. I love that. That's so out of left field to me. Like maybe this is completely ignorant because I don't I maybe I just don't know her very well as an actress. But to me, she's just like the the romantic comedy actress. Like she's not really someone that's dug into a performance. I don't know. I, don't know. I just wasn't expecting her. Um Leslie Odom Jr., he's also gonna be in it. That's amazing. But anyway, back to Bond. Um, Daniel Craig, oh, obviously, is be, of the show. I love it. Is, the uh, Daniel Craig obviously is in Knives Out too. Edward Norton, yes, another one that never puts out a bad performance. Dave Batista, which I mean, I love. Take, I give, I give, give, take or leave Dave Batista. I mean, he's good as Drax. Dave Batista isn't. I'm not like going crazy. Like, oh my god, Dave Batista's in this. But for some reason, he feels like he fits in that universe. Yeah, I'm excited to see. What, like who else gets added to this cast because it's already amazing. But speaking of amazing casts, have you heard of this movie, uh, Wes Anderson's new movie, The French Dispatch? I've heard of it, yes. I know nothing about this movie. I know that I'm not a huge Wes Anderson fan, like it's hit or miss for me. But The French Dispatch, the cast of this movie, I'm going to read this off to you. I don't know what the billing is, like who's the main character or what, but I'm just reading this in the order that they have it listed on IMDb. So you have Elizabeth Moss, Timothy Chalamet, Tilda Swinton, Leah Sado, Christoph Waltz, Willem Dafoe, Benicio Del Toro, Liev Schreiber, Francis McDormand, Saoirse Ronan, Edward Norton, Owen Wilson, Adrian Brody, Bill Murray, Jason Schwartzman, Jeffrey Wright. Jeez. All right. Go down that list again. Okay. I'll go a little slower. Elizabeth Moss, known for um, Handmaid's Tale and The Invisible Man and Us. And Mad Men. One of my favorite shows of all time. Uh, Timothy Chalamet, mm-hmm. who is in the upcoming Dune and was in um, Call Me By Your Name. Is that what he was nominated for? Yeah. Um, Tilda Swinton, who is a Wes Anderson regular. Um, Leah Sado of Bond fame. Love. Man, it's all, Love. It all comes back to Bond, doesn't it? Everything does. Everything. All about Bond. That's the new name of the podcast, All About Bond. Christoph Waltz of Bond fame. Willem Dafoe of Spider-Man fame. Benicio Del Toro of Guardians of the Galaxy fame. Liam Schreiber of um, Screen Wolverine fame. Origins fame. Screen fame. Uh, Francis McDormand, uh, the most recent winner of Best Actress at the Oscars that didn't matter this year. Saoirse Ronan, who, to me... 
I think she's probably now. I don't like Meryl Streep very much. I don't hate her, but I just don't see the appeal. But as far as prestige and credibility goes, I think Saoirse Ronan is on her way to being the next Meryl Streep. Edward Norton of Edward Norton fame. Owen Wilson of uh, You, Me, and Dupree fame. Adrian Brody of The Thin Red Line fame. (laughs) Bill Murray of Space Jam fame. Jason Schwartzman of I Can't Think of Anything He's Been In right now. Funny people. There you go. Uh, Jeffrey Wright of Hunger Games fame. Oh, he is in Bond, too. That's right. Everything comes back to Bond. Everybody. It's all about Bond, baby. All about Bond. So, yeah, that's everybody. That's a great cast. Yeah. It's crazy. It's how do, how do you pay that many people, yo? Honestly, like I mean, when you're Wes Anderson, you you've got the name, you've got the credibility. You can kind of do what you want at that point. I guess. I think we pretty much hit everything, right? What else is, what else is going on? We hit the mergers. Oh, did you? Well, okay. I haven't seen a Quiet Place or Cruella yet, though. I, I was just gonna both. say, did you see a Quiet Place two yet? I'm seeing it this upcoming weekend. I was gonna go uh, two nights ago. Sold out, which I love to see. People oh, going back to theaters. Like, yeah, it, cool. it made um, what did it make? Fifty, fifty-eight million opening yeah. night. Yeah, more which than... doesn't sound big, but considering the fact that not every theater is open in the country, right? And the theaters that are open are at limited capacity. Mm-hmm. That's big. That's like the biggest opening since COVID, I believe. Well, I don't want to see a quiet place. Um, I actually won't be seeing it until next Monday because I made plans with my friend to go with him for his birthday. So I won't be seeing it for a little bit, but it'll still be in Dolby or IMAX or whatever. It's well, yeah, it's not in Dolby, which is weird to me. Yeah, Cruella's in Dolby. Yeah, it makes makes no sense. But no, I think maybe next week it'll be in Dolby. I'm hoping because honestly, I'll, I mean, I'll see it in IMAX. I'll see it regular too, but I would love to see it in Dolby. I think that was the first movie. No. It was the second movie I saw in Dolby. That was my first favorite. movie I saw in Dolby was Spider-Man: Homecoming. First movie or second movie I saw in Dolby was A Quiet Place. My I first think. Dolby movie was A Quiet Place, and I'm so glad it was. It was like the movie. I don't know how the second one is. The second one might not be this way, but the first movie it was all about the sound. Like the sound was the center stage, front and center main character, pretty much. Yeah. So it just worked so well. So how you don't put that in Dolby? I don't know. That doesn't make sense to me. Like I, Disney must have had some deal. Uh, with big money for it to be in Dolby, which makes yeah. no sense because I don't think Cruella is a Dolby type of movie. I don't know. I didn't see it, so I have no idea. But yeah, true. Who knows? I'm she hearing good things Dolby. though. Yeah, I've heard it's solid. People that are seeing it are saying that it's much better than they expected, which is good to hear because after seeing the trailer, it wasn't a bad trailer. But it didn't really do anything to make me excited for it. Like I, it, I wasn't excited to begin with. And then I saw the trailer, and I was like, okay, I still don't really care. Like it's not. I love Emma Stone. I love Emma Thompson. I love Disney. But this movie just, for whatever reason, wasn't striking a chord with me. But now people are saying it's much better than they're expecting. They're saying at this point, even though we're not even halfway through the year, at this point, Emma Stone is like a shoe-in to be nominated for Best Actress, which is stupid to say because, again, we're in May. But the things I'm hearing have me a little bit more excited than I was before. Yeah, see, I would never thought that. I would never have thought this would have been Oscar nomination worthy. Maybe Golden Globe. Golden Globes aren't happening. Did you hear about that? They're not happening? Yeah, you didn't hear this whole thing about the Golden Globes? 
I did not. Oh, it makes me so happy. This should have been a talking topic. Yeah. Well, this happened weeks ago, so I figured you, like, it just felt like old news. I've been Um, really checked out on (laughs) on everything lately, honestly. I'm I'm probably not going to remember all the details, but it made me so happy because I hate the Golden Globes. I think they're so stupid and pointless. They're hilarious. The show is okay, like watching the show, but people put too much stock in the award itself. Oh well, yeah. No, like if somebody has a Golden Globe, it literally doesn't matter. It says means as much as me giving them a piece of paper that says yeah. Golden Globe on it. They're just it's not that meaningless. It's mean it's not isn't it's not like to that level. All right, so let me explain why I I believe that for one for one now this is just how i felt always like this has just been my for the past 10 years just how i felt the golden globes are run by the uh hollywood foreign press association and it's made up of like 65 members like that's the whole voting body is made up of 65 people that represent the press of other countries they live in america in fact i think they live in los angeles but they write for international websites or magazines or whatever yeah so that's what they are all they do is report on films for some reason they believe that they are qualified enough to give awards out to the best of the year a whole whopping 65 to 70 people the reason the academy awards mean something compared to that is because you have whereas it's 65 to 70 people you have 6500 to 7000 people voting in the academy awards and all of them have worked in the industry and know what they're doing and know what they're talking about each voting body is made up of like so the cinematographers vote on best cinematography and right the actors vote on best actor like they know what they're doing they know what they're talking about and there's a lot of them if you just have 65 people that's just like you have so let's say it's 65 people you need 33 people to say Emma Stone was the best actress of the year in Cruella, and she wins it. Right. I, I that's that has always been the main reason I didn't like it. But what's coming to light now is the all of the bribery that's been going on within the Golden Globes. Do you remember the movie The Tourist? Yeah. With Johnny Depp and Angelina yeah. Jolie, was it? Yeah. It was not a good movie. It was a horrible movie. And critics did not give it good reviews, including critics that are in the Hollywood foreign press. However, the tourist got nominated for best picture at <laughs> the Golden Globes. Yeah. And Johnny Depp got nominated for best actor at the Golden Globes. Gee, I wonder why. Forgetting about that, most recently um I'm going to have to pull up the name of the show. There was a, a show that came out last year that got panned by critics and then it got nominated for best whatever series at the golden globes and then the writer of the show came out and said this didn't deserve to be nominated for any golden globes i saw the reviews i saw what people think nobody thinks this is award worthy so why is this getting nominated well turns out producers took members of the hollywood foreign press out and wined and dined them to sway them into getting this show some nominations so now this whole thing is coming out that there's no credibility to the Golden Globes because who knows how these people won their Golden Globes. Tom Cruise put all of his Golden Globes in a box and mailed them back to the Hollywood Foreign Press Association and said, I, I don't want that. these. Yeah, that's why he did it. Because he was like, well, if that's what these mean, then they mean nothing. And I don't want awards that could have just oh, been Oh, I did hear about that. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. 
So that's one part of it. But NBC is saying that they're not going to air the Golden Globes in 22, but for a different reason. And that's because of the lack of diversity in the voting body. They're, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association is being forced to double their voting body plus one so that they have the reason they do plus one is so that they have more new people than they do original people um and they have to meet a certain criteria a certain amount of black people asian people whatever so yeah that's that golden globes suck why did we start talking about the golden globes oh uh, you said something about emma stone getting nominated for golden globes um, said it's worth a piece of paper yeah who cares if she gets nominated for a golden globe all right so uh we're going to move on to our closing segment called Check the Gate, uh, where we basically recommend something movie-related. It could be a movie itself. It could be a television show. It could be a YouTube video, anything, as long as it relates to movies. Um, so I'm going to go first. And what I'm going to recommend is actually uh, a movie that I'm going to I'm going to retcon something that we did last episode, which was the 30 day movie challenge. And one of the categories was um, most underrated movie. And I said the Iron Giant, because for whatever reason, this movie slipped my mind. And I'm going to take away the Iron Giant, which I love. Great movie. But it's not quite as underrated as Seven Psychopaths. Such a good movie. I feel like nobody has seen that movie outside of, you know, people like you and me that see everything. Yeah, it was um, on the radar, definitely. Yeah, you got Sam Rockwell, Christopher Walken, Colin Farrell, Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson's in it. The IMDb synopsis for Seven Psychopaths is as follows. A struggling screenwriter inadvertently becomes entangled in the Los Angeles criminal underworld after his oddball friends kidnap a gangster's beloved Shih Tzu. Doesn't really sound like much on the surface. Nope. But it's directed by Martin McDonough, who directed Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, which won at least one Oscar. I don't know how many Oscars it won. He won two. One for... Uh, Sam Rockwell won no, Best Supporting it won three then, because uh, Francis McDormand, Sam Rockwell, and then didn't win the Best Screenplay? Or Best, yeah. Uh, yeah, Best Screenplay, right? Yeah, I think so. Seven Psychopaths. Everybody needs to see this movie. I don't want to go on too long about it, uh, mainly because it's the kind of movie where if you don't know much going in, you have a better time watching it. But I highly, highly, highly recommend it. It's one of those movies that I cannot believe more people haven't seen it. I can't believe it wasn't nominated for more awards. I don't think it was nominated for anything. It should have been nominated for Best Picture, Best Screenplay, all that. Phenomenal movie. Seven Psychopaths. Deshaun, what do you got? It's a horror movie, of course. Of it's course. Tourist Trap. Have you ever seen it? Tourist Trap? Yeah. It sounds familiar. It's a 79, I think 79 or 78. One of those. But um, basically, so these teens, they like get trapped in the museum with mannequins. So the whole, I'm not going to really give anything away, but just imagine, I'll say, uh, I know she did last summer, but that scene where she's on the pier and it's the big parade and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. All right, imagine that's inside and everyone's standing still and you're just around a bunch of mannequins. It kind of reminds me of House of Wax, if you've seen House of Wax. That sounds creepy. It's very creepy. It's in the 79, so like, first of all, I think 70s and 80s are the best genre, uh, best decade of horror, but like, it is a musty movie. Not musty, but it's really good. And uh, Tiny Roberts is in it from um, 
that seventy show and from Bond. Oh, it's all about Bond. Uh, everything comes back to Bond. And you, you get a young Tyra Robertson in the too, so she looks great. So it's called Tourist Trap? Tourist Trap. Is it on any streaming service? Uh, it's on Tubi for free. Oh, man, you and that Tubi. Tubi should sponsor our, our podcast. Oh, Tubi, if you're out there, sponsor. I love, love it. <laughs> if you're out there. <laughs> yeah. sure, I'm sure they're out there. I just don't think they're listening. Oh, man, it's so good. So good. Um. All right. Well, then I think that'll do it for this episode, this uh, open conversation. I think that went okay. We kind of were all over the place and we kept going back to Bond, but I'm sure you're okay with that. Everything comes back to Bond. It's all about Bond. So uh, what I, I probably should have mentioned uh, right at the beginning of this episode is that we have a little announcement that very few people are going to care about. The when When we were making this podcast, one thing that I r- was really trying to do was trying to come up with a unique, interesting title for the podcast that conveyed that it was about movies. So I, I came up with the big picture show. Deshaun and I kind of went back and forth with, you know, what's good, what's not. And we, we kind of landed on the big picture show, which is supposed to be like, obviously, a, movie, a, a nickname for a movie is a picture show. Back in the day, they called them the picture show. They called them talkies, whatever. And I didn't want to just call it the picture show because that would just be a little too generic. So I thought, you know, the big picture show, kind of like the big picture. So we're just kind of talking about, we're not getting into the nitty gritty. We're just kind of talking about big, broad strokes, you know, what's going on in the film industry, what, what, whatever we want to talk about. So the big picture show. So show because it's a podcast, whatever. The big picture show is what I landed on. However, I wanted to come up with something that if you saw the title of it, you knew exactly what it was about. So we came up with a new title and it's going to be called Mike's Movies Action. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Mike's because of podcasts, movies because we love talking about movies and action because it's all about bond baby (laughs) and obviously it's a play on lights cameras action so yeah starting next episode because i introduced this one as the big picture show starting next episode uh we will officially be called mike's movies action so moving forward we are no longer the big picture show we are now mike's movies action i'm happy with it are you happy with it um i like the change okay Cool. I think more it, movie oriented sounding. Yeah, I think if somebody just saw that title when they were looking for podcasts, it's clearly you know exactly what it is. Yeah. So yeah, I'm happy with it. Hopefully, I don't go back and change my mind again and say, <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't like this title. Let's change it. Uh, too late. We're not. I'm not going to change the title a million times. I have nothing else. If you have nothing else to Sean, uh, that'll do it for this episode of Mike's Movies Action. You can find us pretty much on any streaming or not streaming um, podcast. Well, yeah, streaming podcast. What do you call it? Platform. There you go. There you go. You can find us on any any of the podcast platforms: um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, etc., etc., etc. That'll do it for today's episode. Have a wonderful day. Mm-hmm.